Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to DraftKings Network. A cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented like all of our shows by DraftKings. Thank goodness for those dudes. Thank goodness for all of you that realize how awesome this show is and how awesome Emory Hunt is. Over the last couple of weeks, we've gone over the quarterbacks, which have been great. Today, we are diving into the running backs with the man with the plan when it comes to the NFL draft. At F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. And all I'll tell you is simply this. There is not a human being that grades more NFL prospects, or I guess I would even say pro football prospects than Emory. And I'm not convinced there's a human being that likes football more than Emory. I mean, I really, really like football. But when I see him tweeting all about the XFL and and other stuff, I mean, and by the way, it's funny to me, like Emory will say, Emory will tweet, great atmosphere in St. Louis for this XFL game. And then like 30 minutes later, yeah, people posting about the atmosphere at the St. Louis game. Or, like, you know, talking about, oh, there's a good crowd there. They didn't know. They didn't know until they saw Emery tweet it. Emery's usually on the front end of a lot of these things. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, uh, all the social media platforms. Whatever which one you're on, I'm on it. Please follow me. At Ross Tucker Pod is how you can always get the highlight clips of this show. Or YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I mean, I guess I'll start with that. I know you've been all over the XFL stuff. By the way, I, I, Emory had no idea I was going to ask him about this. Doesn't matter. Um, St. Louis, like that crowd, this is like the second year in a row or whatever that they've shown that they are really willing to support a pro football team, even if they're not in the NFL. Yeah, what's crazy is that before COVID hit, uh, they were on the verge that next weekend's game to open up the additional upper deck. But COVID shut everything down, and we know how that story went. The XFL folded. So this time around, it was supposed to just be the first deck, maybe the second deck. But with every subsequent week that this team was playing and every day, they had to open up more sections. So they got to completely fill the third deck. And then by uh, er, later last week, say, like, hey, man, you know, the demand is there. So they're opening opening up the fourth deck which is the top. So they started to sell it out. And so they ended up selling out all portions of the stadium that they opened up. So it goes to show you one, if you have a dome, you should be trying to woo one of these XFL or NFL or USFL um, organizations to come leagues to come and play in your, uh, in your city, i.e. Indianapolis. Um, you see what happened in San Antonio with the Brahmas and, and how well they did on opening weekend. 
St. Louis is showing you again, hey, people pack the stands. And if you have a situation where you're in a place that doesn't have an NFL team, you will ultimately sell out and do great things. So it was great to see his great atmosphere and made for uh, you know a great watch on television. It's awesome. Uh, really, really is awesome. I, I love that. I mean, I, you know how I feel about it. Um, I'm not as invested in it as you are, but I, I want there to be, be as many opportunities for guys to make money playing football as possible. I want as many guys to get that chance at the next level to show what they can do to develop for a couple of years, to have a chance to get better. You know, what other profession is it like when you're 22 and you're not quite good enough yet. They're like, okay, see you later. You're, you can't be a part of this profession. Like, this, there's no other jobs that are like that in the world. Can you yeah, imagine, you, like, all the carpenters and plumbers, like, that, that, you know, uh, no, you're not good enough. See you later. Like, wait, 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 can I get better? Can I keep working on this? Maybe I can become good enough. So, um, just funny. It's just funny that, like, I never really thought of it that way. You know, it's like, what other profession, Emery, do they tell you immediately – Oh, sorry, you don't have a chance in this profession, like even though it's never been your profession before. And and it's it was sad if you applied directly to sports. It's the only sport that you can't just recreationally play, right? You have to play real football in order to, to get better at it. Every other sport has that. MLS has their many different leagues. I feel like soccer is all year round. Baseball has minor leagues. NBA has the G League, has European leagues. They had the CBA for, for a while. There's a, uh, the CBDEL, the Canadian Basketball Association, up there as well. So you have all of these leagues where you can continue to play professionally except football, which is why it just bothered me that a lot of people poo-poo these spring leagues because, man, you're right. You get out of college at 22, 23 years old, and you you have all this athleticism and, and strength and power and speed that you can't use. You know, you only have a short shelf life to play this game. Let's say by the time you're 26, 27, you're on a downside of your athleticism and you start to like, okay, maybe maybe I could find a, a regular job. But, man, right there in those four years, right out of college, you need another way to expound that energy. Um, and I'm glad these leagues are looking like they're sustainable. They're growing. They're building slowly. They're building in the right direction. They got the right people behind it. So, yeah, there's and there's room, Ross to add even more teams to each league. I've said this before, wrote an article on it back in 2016. Each NFL team has, should have its own minor league team. So you could have 32 teams in these two leagues, 16 in each, and hopefully they can buy a big one, but 16 in each. And each one could serve as the, uh, the developmental squad for an NFL team, like an allotment, right? Like the world league used to be. Because you bring 90 guys to NFL camp, you cut 45 of those guys, there's your spring league roster, right? So it's not that hard. Granted, you'll keep some guys on practice squad, but you can essentially find other guys. You got, what, over 840 football-playing colleges. There's guys that have at least that baseline spring league pro athleticism that could fill out these rosters. So, yes, there should be more teams in the XFL and the USFL, at least up to 32, because the country and and college football – can produce that amount uh, that we see out there on game day. Emery, before we get to the running back rankings, I did want to get your thoughts on the big trade by the Carolina Panthers first and second round picks this year and next year. And then uh, DJ Moore as well. They're not messing around. 
And there are some preliminary reports that believe that the move is being made for C.J. Stroud. I talked about this on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You know, now I have people saying, I see reports, well, they're not sure who they would take. They might even trade back down a couple spots. And then Peter King said, oh, I don't know that they know who they want. I love Peter King. Let, let me just say this. If the Panthers don't know who they want, it is asinine to give up that many picks. If they don't know who the guy is that they like and think is their franchise, I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever. Especially when you give away DJ Moore, one of the top receivers in the league, in addition to those picks. Like, oh, yeah, we got up here, gave away one of our best players and future first-round picks, but we don't really know who we want. It could be anybody. Like, I'm not buying that uh, for, a sec- for a second. Whether it's C.J. Stroud, I feel like that's a good fit. You know, I feel like Richardson is a good fit. I feel like any quarterback um, of the top three that I mentioned, Bryce Young, Richardson, and, and Stroud, would fit perfectly in that situation because of the quarterback ecosystem they've built. Now, the flip side of that, it could be a downside because you have too many quarterback voices in in, in one guy's ear, Frank Wright, Joshua Cowan. Um, you, you also have uh, from the, the uh, Jim Caldwell. So you may have one too many quarterback uh, whispers in your ear, but for quarterback's development, that's a perfect spot, which makes me believe that it could be Anthony Richardson because of that development. But also Richardson could be a perfect fit in Indianapolis based off what Shane Sykin just left, right? He worked with Jalen Hurts, similar Ooh. type of skill set in, in Richardson, has a, a great running back in two already in Jonathan Taylor, has good tight end options, has good receiver options, has a great offensive line. Andy may be set up perfectly for Anthony Richardson. So, yes, it could be Stroud for uh carolina stroud to me i told you about this ross he reminds me so much of troy aikman good accuracy can throw well on the move stays well within the pocket plays the game well from the neck up so yeah that would be that could be someone that you could have to kind of help navigate us an offense that doesn't have star players that only has some solid running backs and a good offensive line good tight ends they don't have the star receiver but that's why you have the rest of the draft so yeah i could see how it could be stroud but you could also make a case for young or richardson that that is really interesting um, about what you said about Richardson and the Colts. That that certainly makes some sense too. Although Jim Irsay said the Alabama kid's pretty good, so who knows who they? And we know he for. plays he plays cards with his his hand facing the facing everybody. He kind of lets you know what's on his mind and how he feels. Um, before we get to the running backs, I did want to mention if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code Ross, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code Ross. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show details, show notes for details. So just bet $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. So we know a lot of you get excited about March Madness. Great time to do it. Uh, let's dive into these running backs, Emery. And you have um, a different number one running back than I think a lot of people seem to have. Your number one ranked guy is Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. And I remember you talking about him a lot last year when he before he even transferred, I think. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs to me, man, just like a fantastic tailback. I know people will throw out the Alvin Kamara comparison. I can 
understand that. I'm not going to argue with that. He's someone that has that explosiveness, has the, the second and third gear. I'm trying to find a scouting report that I uh, pulled up. I had to get through these 85 quarterbacks right quick. But here we go. I did compare him to Alvin Kamara. But when you think about his vision, that's what makes the whole thing work because he has elite level vision. He's much more explosive and faster than Alvin Kamara and is much more of a natural runner with the ball. Can give you all the things that Kamara can do, like the receiving threat down the field. Um, he's a strong runner. Uh, and I think he's underrated in that aspect. Yeah, he measured in at what, five? nine and, and some change and you know 199 you know he'll be 205 by the time the season start and he doesn't play like he's five nine or whatnot so to me he just he's a really great back and we're splitting hairs between him and Bijan. although i will say this just to give folks a uh a, a tidbit a look into the draft guide i do have him five points ahead of Bijan. uh Bijan has a high grade at 85 and um jameer gibbs has that ever so rare 90 grade that i rarely give out um and only a few prospects have gotten that grade from me gabe jackson uh i gave to lamar jackson i gave it to mahomes watson there's a receiver that they got a 90 grade for me this year um there's some other guys on defense that i'm forgetting but right now offense is fresh in my brain um so yeah he is a really good back what did you say? You think he's more explosive and natural of a runner than Kamara? Yeah, Kamara to me is is a is a really good runner, right? And um, but when you look at uh Gibbs, Gibbs is more natural as a tailback because he's one making moves constantly going downhill. He sees it front side to back side, has the fluidity to get there, and also has the, the second gear explosive and knowing how to you know, reignite that that ignition to to really blow past second level defenders. I feel like Kamara's speed is good, but he kind of runs that one speed. And he's Gibbs may not be as strong as Kamara. Kamara was a ridiculous, I want to say, power cleaner. So his his, um, his strength is ridiculous. He breaks a lot of tackles, like a lot of physical tackles. But Gibbs has a little bit of that, but also has the elusiveness to not even get touched by by guys. So to me, just a little bit more of a natural runner than Kamara, who is also excellent. Uh, it is interesting and noteworthy to me that you have Gibbs ahead of Bijan Robinson because just seeing some of the other scouting reports by guys like Daniel Jeremiah that I respect, they have Bijan really, really high. I mean, they think he is a fantastic player. What do you see from the Texas runner? He reminds me a lot of Cedric Benson. I feel like he does the same things Benson used to do at Texas, like a good compact shifty runner doesn't overextend unnecessarily uh and what i mean by that is that someone that just kind of you know understands hey i have speed i have explosiveness i don't have to use it right at the snap of the football i can buy my time and when i get into the open field or where i see i have a crease i could then mash the gas and blow past and what i liked about Bijan that i was able to uncover when i spoke with him at the combine was that he talked about how he uh, works on his game as a receiver after practice he spends time with his running backs coach and they run receiver routes so he's a downfield threat in that aspect now again he's not as explosive as Gibbs um, but he is pretty fast he's pretty quick that's why I compared it more to Cedric Benson I know we've seen like the Saquon Barkley comp thrown out there I don't agree with that Barkley was much more explosive and faster Barkley was what a 4-4 guy uh, and some and at his pro day ran like 4-3 
Um, that's not B. John Robinson's game, although he's pretty fast. B. John has great within the contact, uh, within the tackle to tackle box elusiveness. So he can make guys miss subtly. Uh, and you can re- uh, remember this reference, Ross. Think back to that, that because um, we, we're old heads, we're football heads. You think back to Marcus Allen in the Super Bowl against the Redskins, right? Not the long run, but the shorter touchdown run. We kind of cut it back in between yeah. the tackle. Weave this way and found the end zone, dove for the for the uh end zone. That's kind of how Bijan is within the tackle the tackle box on a consistent basis. Like, wow, he was able to make that subtle cut, that subtle move right there, um, before he was able to get hit and avoid a big shot and break it outside. So to me, Bijan is a fantastic tailback. And again, we try we try to ask him, I can say this, we try to ask him, uh, me and Danny Connell was like, Hey, what what, what team you uh want to be picked by? And you know, he did the great answer. Um of not answering the question, right? Um, and so after we were done, I told Danny, and this was before the trade, I was like, yo, if I'm Chicago, I'm, I'm taking him, you know? Um, and he was like, man, that, that's a that's a good spot. But now trading down to nine, Chicago still is in play. But when you look at their front seven, they definitely have to go defense because they need help on the front side of that defensive side of the ball. Although BJ would be a luxury pick, and any running back you pair with a mobile quarterback is going to do great things. Uh, but, man, I'm a big fan of Bijan as well. Number three running back is Deuce Vaughn from K-State. I don't care about height, weight, you know, size, none of that, Ross. You know, I'm like, I am team size is not a skill. That's my tagline. Um, and this dude has shown you at K-State, kind of like the other smallest, shorter, explosive, quicker K-State tailback that, hey, I could tote the rock 20, 25 times a game if need be. And I'm talking about Darren Sproles, Deuce Vaughn does a lot of the same things and is the same type of back. You know, he is explosive. He's, you know, e- extremely agile. And uh, one of my Emoryisms that I always say on CBS Sports HQ is that you can't hit what you can't catch and you can't hurt what you can't touch. So people that always want to throw out there, well, can he handle the rigors of the NFL? You got to catch him first and you got to hit him. Two things that people can't really do either of at a high level. So, yeah, I'm all in on Deuce Vaughn. Uh, and what he brings to the table. He's also a guy that's a really good receiver, too. And if you want to have him um, start out to kind of earn his wares, he can return kicks as well. You know, the one thing I think is funny about the, like, you know, can he carry the load? Can he carry 20, 25 times? Who even does that anymore? (laughs) Nobody does that. I mean, Derrick Henry maybe every once in a while, but is he the type of back that can carry 20, 25 Show me all the – I would love to know how many times there was a game this year where a running back had more than 22 carries. It just doesn't happen very often. I mean, if you like, want to – I'll give you a number. It's Daniel Jones's uh, tailback that they gave uh, – they gave the money to Daniel Jones, but they should have given it to Saquon. Had 31 carries, 156 yards against the Bears. but And Daniel Jones went 5'11 for 50-something yards passing, but he gets the big contract. I'm off my soapbox, Ross. Unbelievable. All right. <laughs> Another guy that's got some serious juice that I enjoyed watching play multiple times. I never heard him coming into the year. I, I saw like three two lane games this year. Tajay Spears impressed me. He's got some juice. He got some legitimate juice. And when I talk about that reigniting the, the starter and, and being able to find that third and fourth gear, that's him, man. It's just impressive to watch. And I, I made this comp in the summer. Uh, on this show and i'll make the comp again because yes there are two different sizes but 
they play the same game. I like his game to Brees Hall. You know, they're both the same type of runner, just kind of good, like productive uh, front forward leaning runners that that have that ability to find the second gear. And in some cases, in speaking of spheres, find that third gear. I was shocked he didn't run at the combine because I, I could have, I, I would almost bet that he would have gone 4 4 with how explosive he's able to maintain his speed. You know, he's able to get up his top speed, but also maintain that and also find another gear to hit. So, He's another one of these guys that has the ability to, to catch the ball in the backfield. We saw at the Senior Bowl because uh, he didn't catch a, He caught you know some good passes at at Tulane, but we want to see can he be like a downfield threat? He can do that. He could be your starter. Um, he's someone that doesn't need volume to be successful. Although with a guy like that, you kind of want to have him on the field a lot because he's a really good player. Another one of these guys that that earned a very high grade for me uh, in this class. Number five is a guy, I think you might have hinted about this um, a couple weeks ago, or maybe you were just telling me offline, it's Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, listen, explosive speed. Like, his explosiveness doesn't even make sense. Like, he can get from a dead standstill, the two-point stance, to 70 miles an hour, right? He can catch the ball out of the backfield, not just your – meets expectation back but a guy that can be a downfield threat he's one of the more fantastic uh return specialists so he can start there and have an impact on special teams and again another guy that doesn't need volume to be successful he was able to you know split carries rather well at ecu they had a, a really great backfield tandem we'll be talking about their their other kid harris next year um who's going back for another season at, at east carolina but you know mitchell was someone that you just saw constantly, time and time again, making the big play. Has a great sense of timing. We talk about that a lot where, hey, man, I need a big play right here. Then, boom, here comes Mitchell breaking one outside and, and getting down the sideline. So I'm a big fan of Mitchell, too. Um, one of those guys that, again, if you're thinking – if we, it's funny you brought up, like, nobody carries the ball 20, 25 times. And who does that? And then you think – as people say that, they also rave about Austin Eckler, who's a starter at 5'9", 190 pounds. So, yeah. Mitchell can be someone that could be your starting tailback. He can be someone that could work well in tandem. It doesn't matter. You want that speed and explosiveness on your football team. Let's talk about uh, some underrated guys because I, that's what people always like to to get from you, Emery, is some guys maybe under the radar that you really like. I just like watching this kid run, and that's Lou Nichols of Central Michigan. He had a lot of fanfare last year when he ran for over 1,500 yards at uh, Central Michigan. This year, the team wasn't as good. Uh, we had a good start to the season against Oklahoma State. Um, he's a really good back, good size, good build, a good all-around game. And he's some of these. He's one of these guys that you'll see, um, like your Damian Pierce or your James Robinson. I know he's going to be on, what, his third team now. But this is someone like that to where by week five, you're like, well, why did this guy go in the seventh round? Why did this guy go undrafted? And he's really good. Lou Nichols is a good one. And Jared Broussard uh, of Michigan State kind of got lost in the shuffle. People forget how outstanding he was as a true freshman at Colorado, or a fresh, his freshman freshman year at Colorado, um, and then had a solid year the, in 2020, um, the, the COVID season. And then he transferred to Michigan State, you know, and it was kind of reserved. But the speed and explosiveness is still there. Your ability within the tackle, the tackle box is still there. And I saw him down at the College Gridiron Showcase. He had a really good week of work. Um, 
I was just kind of shocked that he was there because that's the type of guy that usually ends up in a Shrine game or NFLPA game. But these are some of the guys from major programs, you know, a Power Five program and a Group of Five program that we watch every Tuesday in Maction that are really good players. All right, give me an Emory special though. Now, give me a, a sleeper, maybe from a college I've never even heard of that you like. Going back to the first place, I had duck. I was at this nice restaurant sitting on the sidewalk outside enjoying the canadian air in london ontario on the campus or right nearby the campus of western universities i'm going back to western university and keon edwards 511 230 with some bursts he's built a lot like lou nichols but has explosiveness has speed he was someone that i saw in the summer at the 2022 east west bowl uh, they play their all-star game before the season and, you know, this year the game was in uh, at, in Ottawa on the campus of McMaster University. Um, and so he is someone that just is fantastic. You know, and again, he may end up going to Canadian football. League. He, he's going to get drafted in, in the CFL, probably plays up there. But it wouldn't surprise me to see him get into a camp um, and, and have, you know, some opportunities here in the States because of his burst, his explosiveness and, and the size he brings. He's a legit 225, 230 at 5'11". So, uh, and Western has produced some really good uh, pro players, guys that have played in the NFL that have been stars in the CFL. It's one of the really good programs um, in the U Sports uh, arena. Yeah, that's um, that's probably the only one I really know very well is Western. They've had a bunch of guys they've produced over the years. All right, it's not a position that gets a lot of attention or fanfare, but there are teams out there in the NFL utilizing fullbacks very effectively, like the Niners, like the Dolphins. And with Shanahan's uh, protégés going all over the place, I think there's going to be more fullbacks in the NFL. Who should we be looking for at that position? i give you two. Um, my number one fullback, Hunter Lukey, we spoke about him at nauseam on this show, Ross. We both like him uh, as a player. And, and it's not because he's wearing 44, Ross. Um, I know some people will say Kyle, you check fine. I'll give you that. That's that's you could have that one, right? But let's go to Tom Rathman, man. Right? Let, let's go back to old school. He can carry the ball, he can block, he's a downfield threat in the passing game. He does everything that you want him to do well. You can even go to someone more recent, Zach Line. Um, how he was at SMU, toted at the rock, was a very good tailback, got switched to fullback at the uh shrine bowl. Um, the same year Christian Michael was was there and he was playing more fullback. But Lukey, every time you look at him, he's toting the rock rather well, breaking long runs. He is someone that's tailor-made for Baltimore. I'm glad you brought up Miami. Um, you know, San Francisco is, is already in, in good hands. It wouldn't surprise me to see him end up in Denver now with Sean Payton. Um, he's versatile as heck, man. So this is someone that you want on your team. And talking about versatility, Javon Williams Jr. out of Southern Illinois. Ross, I was shocked that no one's – I'm not surprised, but I'm shocked that no one's talking about this dude. This dude has started at tailback and ran for over 1,000 yards in 2019, but he's also been a fullback. He's been an H-back tight end wide receiver, also has been a quarterback, has thrown five touchdown passes uh, in his career. and he's So inside the red zone, they use him as that Taysom Hill type guy so now you don't know what's coming he can throw rather accurately he can run the football rather well he can block he can catch the ball like a receiver and he's six one two six two two forty five 
So he's got good size, good build, and is uh, one of the more versatile athletes in the class. Again, ran for over 1,000 yards uh, a couple of years ago as a tailback, and I was like, oh, this dude is a big back with some speed, kind of like James Conner. But then you see him the following year get out there at receiver and run routes and, and be effective. And then now this past season playing more of an H-back role, had a really good game against Northwestern. You know, So he is someone that is a phenomenal, versatile athlete that plays fullback that is definitely going to find his way on the NFL roster. You need to check this man out on social media. You need to do two things. One is you need to get ready for Mother's Day and go to myfrontpagestory.com because it's the best gift you could ever get any of the mothers in your lives, especially yours. And then you need to go to footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide to make sure you are all over Emory stuff. Look, we got to what? Eight guys today? Nine? There's a lot more where that came from if you get the draft guide. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Love when you guys tweet me or email me and tell me that you bought it. That's the way to do it. And check him out on social at FBallGamePlan on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. The keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.